Welcome to the Unfeigned Faith Bible Study, where we'll be doing a weekly Bible study, typically going through a book of the Bible together, and uh, this will go alongside our regular Unfeigned Faith podcast. Thank you for joining us on this journey. Um, Colossians 1, uh, we ended, we were kind of focusing on Christ and, uh, and what he did through our salvation and through the redemption uh, that he provides. And I'm going to kind of back up and uh, we're going to get into kind of a, a little tricky portion of scripture. It's a kind of a huge run on sentence. And if I was, uh, if I was Paul's English teacher, I'd have to mark off points. <laughs> but uh, of course, he was inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. And as he, uh, as he wrote this down, and uh, I want to kind of draw out some conclusions and some false assumptions that I think we can make with, for, if we're, um, casual with our approach to the scriptures here. So Colossians 1, um, let's look at verse 20. I think we went to 22 yesterday. Look at verse 20. It says, having made peace through the blood of his cross, this is Christ, by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. So the, the end result, the end goal, because of Christ's death on the cross, he's going to reconcile all things to himself. And, uh, and I want to say this, even, even creation, there's going to be a new heaven, a new earth. Um, uh, Romans 8 talks about how even the creation groans for redemption, you see. And, uh, you know, he's, he's going to make all things new. He's going to make all things right uh, as part of his overall plan. Verse 21, And you that were sometime alienated and enemies uh, in your mind by wicked works, Yet now hath he reconciled. So previously you were alienated, you were enemies, now reconciled. You see, it just talks about what he has done through the cross, how he did it, and kind of what the goal is. Uh, uh, what, what he did was he reconciled us, he did it through the cross. And, uh, and the goal is, is in the next verse. In the body of his flesh, through death, to preserve, uh, excuse me, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Now this is awesome because this is a this is a positional thing. Uh, we are brought nigh by the blood. We are made acceptable in the beloved. We are uh, uh, made. I mentioned yesterday the the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's a positional thing. What Christ has done through the blood of Christ, He's placed us in Christ. Uh, to stand before God properly. What's interesting is, is in the Greek, uh, to present you holy, it, it actually has a definite article attached to it. He presents you as the holy. He presents you as the unblameable. It's a positional thing. And, uh, and uh, that's an encouragement to me because I look at myself, I'm not, I'm not holy. <laughs> I'm not unblameable. And uh, in fact, uh, uh, the word unblameable there uh, uh, means uh, you can't bring a charge against uh, that's what it says in Romans 8. Who shall lay anything uh, to the charge of the elect? Um, you can't. Why? Because Christ has settled it all. Uh, what a wonderful truth. I think of that song, uh, the old account was settled long ago. And, uh, and that's exactly what took place. And so when we stand before God, we're going to be seen as the holy. We're going to be seen as the unblameable. We're, why? Because we are righteous. Not because of anything we've done, but because of what he has done through the cross of Calvary. 
and uh, and that we can rejoice. And and uh, this morning, uh, I want to kind of uh, look at this and rejoice in our position. Yesterday, we were celebrating Christ, who Christ is, what He has done, and uh, today, I want to rejoice in our position. Uh, as believers, who are we because of Christ? How does that impact us? So, so he says this, uh, unbelievable and unreprovable in the sight. Now, this next verse uh, can throw us off in English. In verse 23, it says, if. Now, whenever you see if in English, it's usually an if then. Uh, if this, then this. And uh, But th there's no then that shows up. So it says, if. Ye continue in faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, made a minister. Um, if you look at that at first glance, it looks like it says he's going to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable if you continue. Now, this is where we can get into work salvation, or this is where we can get into even those that believe you can lose your salvation. Because, oh, see, it says if. That means it's conditional. If God gives you something, it's not conditional. Uh, this is what is called grace. It's not of works of righteousness, lest any man should boast. It's not uh, conditional. It is, uh, it is a gift of God. So let's look at this a little bit. Um, it, 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 the, the word there, if, uh, it, it can, um, it, well, it says, if ye continue in faith, grounded and settled. I want to I zero in on grounded and settled, and we'll go back and kind of tackle if a little bit. Grounded and settled, they're both past perfect participles. You say, what in the world is that? Past, it happened in the past. Perfect, it's something that was done... Uh, um, uh, uh, or actually, it's a passive. It's a it's a past passive perfect participle. Um, uh, pa uh, per uh, excuse me. Passive is that it was done to the person, not the person doing the action. Okay. So the gr being grounded and settled is something that was done to us. All right. And um, <clears throat> and perfect means it was done and it continues on. It impacts the future. In other words, it doesn't change. So God did something in the past that impacts me still today and is going to carry on into the future, and it was done to me. That's what these words are, a grounded and settled. So this is something he did. He is the one that has grounded me. He's the one that settled me. The word settled there means it carries the idea of standing on a, on a firm uh, a platform or a firm ground. So I'm grounded, I'm settled, uh, and, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel. Uh, he's not telling us, don't be removed from it, but rather that because of who we are in Christ, when we've been placed in him, there is this hope that we can't be removed from. We can't be moved away from. And, um, and so, 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 so this, is, this is kind of the concept that's being laid out. I um, had a word in my, my, my mind as I was studying this, and it has left me. Um, but, uh, but, but, but the idea that this if then that we have in English doesn't carry on in the Greek. It's more of a statement, a statement of fact. And so if ye continue, you might even say that ye uh, continue or, or you continue and continue in what? Well, in the previous verse, the, this, this, the, the fact that Christ has grounded me and settled me, 
I'm continuing in this that uh, that that he is the one that's the goal that's going to present me unreprovable, unblameable, holy, all these things. And so I'm now continuing in this position that I'm in. It's a, it's a statement of fact. This position that I'm in because of what he has done, he has uh, grounded me, he has settled me in this hope of the gospel, which you have heard. How did how was this put in, in into me? I heard it and I responded. Uh, that's what it says in 1 Corinthians 15 when he says, this is the gospel that you have heard, if you've believed and, uh, and received. Uh, these are all things that have to take place with the gospel. You have to hear it. You have to believe it. You have to receive it for yourself. And so when you've heard the gospel, when you've responded properly, guess what? You're brought into the hope of the gospel. You're brought into this position. He makes you the holy. He makes you uh, <clears throat> unblameable, uh, unreprovable. He makes you settled. He makes you uh, 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 grounded. You see, this is a position that he puts us into. And then it says, which you have heard, which you, which was preached to every creature, which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, made a minister. Um, every creature, huh? Uh, and, and the word there is, is really the idea of all creation. Uh, it's been preached under all creation. And at this point, Paul is very confident. He mentioned that even earlier in the chapter um, uh, uh, of every man, that this gospel had already gone out. This was a... Uh, uh, a kind of a common message at, uh, by this time. What a what a tremendous thought. Uh, verse 24, who, talking about Paul, now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up uh, that which is behind of the, uh, of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. So here, Paul, a very common theme with him is he's now rejoicing in his suffering. He said, why? For your sake. My suffering is allowing the gospel to go out. And, and I want to tell us, Christian, this is a great uh, practical application because you see it all throughout Scripture, that God can use our sufferings for others to get the gospel out, to be a blessing. That's what he does. We ought to rejoice that we're counterworthy. Think about it. Christ suffered for our sake. We can suffer for others' sakes. Uh, I love the story of Joe, uh, of uh, rather Joseph in the Old Testament, in Genesis. He was betrayed by his brothers. He was sold into slavery, falsely accused. I mean, he had a rough go at it. And uh, by the time it all comes around, all those uh, the fulfillment of his dream, his brothers are bowing down, and um, and they come to him after his uh, father died, and uh, and the brothers are saying, you know, oh, Joseph, you know. Uh, Dad's last dying wish was that you would forgive us and not 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 uh, uh, um, bring about revenge and so forth. And and he was grieved because he'd already forgiven them. And uh, he said, "Am I in the place of God?" And he said, uh, and he says this powerful statement. He says, um, "Well, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good." We always quote that part, but he doesn't end there. He says, "To bring to pass that is this day to save much people alive." God used all those trials in his life, not, you know, because we always look at it, well, God's going to use this for my good and his glory. And, and those are true statements. But sometimes the good, we don't, we don't really see it. The good isn't necessarily that I'm going to be happy and blessed and I'll have all these things. Maybe the good in your life is that God's going to use you to save much people alive for the benefit of others, the sake of others. 
When we suffer, when we go through things, we go through it with patience. And it works about experience and experience hope and Romans 5 there. And so, um, so, so this kind of a concept in the Christian life, Paul, boy, he got a hold of that the more he suffered. And, uh, you know, he, he said to one of the churches, he says, uh, the more I love, the less I am loved. But it's okay. He says, I'm a debtor to you guys. And, and this, is, this is the life of a servant. How far are you going to go in being a servant of Jesus Christ? Uh, tremendous thought. So Paul says, you know, I rejoice in these sufferings. Why? For your sake. For your sake. Why? So the gospel can go out. So you can hear it. You can understand it. And, uh, and, then, he, and then he says this. Um, talks about the afflictions of Christ. He's, he's be, uh, uh, the afflictions of Christ in my flesh. Why? He's suffering for Christ's sake. In his flesh, for his body's sake. Get this now. Which is the church? Here again, he reiterates. We talked about it uh, a, couple, a couple weeks ago. The, 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 the body and the church are synonymous. He says, which is the church? Wherefore, I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. And uh, we'll probably get it, uh, I'll pick up on that thought tomorrow. But, uh, but I want to mention this. I'm a minister, he says, according to the dispensation of God. I love that word, dispensation. Uh, in Hebrews 1, it starts off how God in a sundry times and diverse manner spoke to, uh, to us through the prophets, now speaks to us through his son. God has worked in different time frames, different ways. All right. Uh, he worked differently in the Garden of Eden than he worked uh, under the law of Moses. And uh, on, uh, he worked different under the law than he works in this day and age of grace. He's going to work different in the tribulation than he did in the age of grace. He's going to work different in the in the millennial kingdom and the reign of Christ. These are dispensations. We'll, we'll get into that. But Paul was committed this dispensation. It wasn't, believe it or not, it was not committed to Peter or, or the others. They had a part, and they were in the transitional aspect of it. But unto Paul, he's the first one that really presented this concept. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We are now saved by grace without any works of the law. You see, even in, even in Peter's time, there was this, this crossover, if you would. Yes, they accepted Christ, but they were still observing the law, and they were still uh, being sure they were circumcised. Why? Because he was the apostle to the Jews. Paul comes along, apostle to the Gentiles, and there was some clashing, and there were some things going on. But, but he says this, it was committed to him, uh, the dispensation of God, which he's given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. This is the dispensation where it all comes to fruition, where, where now we are saved by grace through faith because of what Christ did on Calvary. In fact, uh, uh, I wasn't going to go there yet, but uh, we'll touch on it a little more tomorrow. But remember when Paul said, this is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptation, that Christ came to save sinners of whom I am chief, Paul said. For years, I thought that meant that Paul was assessing himself to be the greatest of sinners. Chief can mean greatest. Chief can also mean first. In fact, the Greek word there is the word that we get for prototype. Uh, uh, the, uh, the prototype. He was the first to receive uh, this, this dispensation of grace. In other words, the first one to fully receive the gospel, which is by grace alone, faith alone, uh, trusting in Christ alone. 
Uh, I wrestled with that for a while. I was looking at it, but you look at the message of Peter. It's a little different from the message of Paul because of who was he talking to? What was the time frame? It was the Jews that were still being extended the kingdom offer. And, uh, and now uh, Paul, uh, Paul, he says, I'm going to the Gentiles. And now God has, has set Israel aside for a season while he's working in the Gentiles and uh, the, the time of the Gentiles. And so um, we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit more later. But, but Paul is very clear. He says, he says, God has committed to me this dispensation and, uh, and, and to fulfill the word of God. What was it about? It was all pointing to this fact that this Redeemer, what is he going to do? He's going to bring all things to himself. And he, he doesn't do away with the law, but rather he completely fulfills it that you and I can come simply by faith because of what Christ did on the cross of Calvary. And uh, so I just want to kind of, uh, I'll wrap up with that thought. But uh, as we look at this, um, and, and, and I think I probably skipped over some things that we could have really uh, done a deep dive into. Um, uh, again, there's some very confusing language there. And if we're not careful, we can look at that and say, see, works are required. Or see, you can lose your salvation if you don't continue in these things. But really, if, if you look at it and you, and you keep it consistent with the whole New Testament in particular, uh, what you're going to find is everything that God does in us, it's a positional thing. He has placed us in it. That's why over and over in Romans, uh, especially, Paul says, uh, uh, over and over again, he uses that southern word, reckon. <laughs> uh, reckon yourself. Make, uh, make it even. Make it in, come to agreement. What God says, what God has placed us in, and our behavior. So, because he has made us grounded, we should get grounded. <laughs> because he's made us settled, we should be settled. Because he's given us hope in the gospel, we should have hope in the gospel. Uh, it's a positional thing that you and I must bring our minds and our hearts in align with. You see, as we've presented our bodies living sacrifice, he says this, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Seeing what the Bible has said, what God has laid out, who am I in Christ, I take that, I bring it into account. I am made part of the holy. I am the unblameable. This is who I am. I'm the unreprovable. This is the position God has placed me in because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, and in that we can rejoice. Hey, friends, I want you to rejoice today in, in who you are in Christ. What has he made you to be? Um, I'll tell you what, that changes everything. So many people are trying to find our identity today. You know, who am I? Why don't you get in the Word of God and find out who you are in Christ? Um, I'll tell you what, there's hope there. There's excitement there. There's fulfillment there. There's joy there. There's a bright future there. Uh, what it's all about, we're always looking inward. We're, we're such a self-centered culture. You know, the Bible talks about in the last days, men will be lovers of their own selves, and we fall into that trap. What does this do for me? I don't know. Who are you in Christ? And what can you do for him? Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, he always start off with that introduction. And here he says, I suffer uh, the, the sufferings of Christ for your sake. And uh, boy, when I'm settled in who I am in Christ, when the sufferings come, I can, I can suffer for others' sake.